Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. After the wildfires burned through Northern California last fall, officials were pretty eager to assure homeowners that they'd get their properties cleaned up quickly. But in the rush to do that, a lot of mistakes were made. Today's the story about what went wrong when the government spent $1.3 billion to clean up all the debris. I'm Devin Kadayama. Welcome to the Bay. KQED reporter Suki Lewis starts the story just two weeks after the fires broke out. So it's October 23rd, 2017. Good afternoon. Thank you all for being here today. The fires are still burning across, you know, many counties in Northern California. Words cannot express how sorry we are for your losses. And a few hundred wildfire survivors are all gathered at this press conference in downtown Santa Rosa. And these government officials are trying to talk them into this program, basically. To begin the process of cleanup, recovery, and where we're focused, getting our neighborhoods rebuilt. They are going to have the Army Corps of Engineers and their contractors come in and clean their sites. And a lot of residents have questions about, you know, will I get a chance to remove my heirlooms from the property? Good question. Good question. I have the same question. Please answer it. You know, what happens if you guys damage my property? What am I liable for? Is this going to cost me anything? And the officials are, are basically saying, like, it's going to be fine. We want to let our residents know that your county and city governments are here for you in the days ahead. Basically, trust us. Together, yeah. And we're going to be prepared to tackle this recovery with each and every one of you. Together, we are Sonoma Strong. Thank you. Can you give me a sense of how much debris we're talking about that was caused by uh, the October fires? The de- amount of debris that was removed by the Army Corps of Engineers contractors was 2 million tons, which is equal to two Golden Gate bridges oh that God. was removed. This includes contaminated soil, ash, concrete, twisted up refrigerator parts, cars, uh, just everything that was devoured by this wildfire. The weight of two Golden Gate Bridges. Yeah. When does the cleanup begin? So the first phase of the cleanup was the EPA coming through and removing the hazardous waste. And that kind of got started right away. And then the Army Corps cleanup, their contractors, start coming online. So how soon does the trouble with the cleanup start? 
very early on, like by Thanksgiving in late November, some reports started to come in at the County Board of Supervisors. Residents started emailing and saying, I'm I'm seeing problems. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Sonoma County Board of Supervisors meeting on December 5th. And there were these other issues of kind of worker protection. Contractor compliance, there's been a lot of issues that have come up. Some of them perceived, maybe some of them real. Were they wearing the proper protective gear? One of the things that caused that problem potentially is that some of these contractors were from out of state and had done only hurricane debris removal before, which is a super different thing. Like they actually weren't properly trained to do the hazardous debris removal that was required after a wildfire. You know, it reached this critical mass and they go to the Board of Supervisors in Sonoma County and say, you guys need to deal with it. Cal OSHA has been here on the ground in Sonoma County throughout this entire operation. Uh, it wasn't until, you know, we started hearing, um, obviously through you and your constituents, you know, there was a, a level of complaint. Board of Supervisors is talking to FEMA and they're saying, can you help us? And so finally, it does seem to get worked out over, you know, the next month. You had some recommendations as far as improving uh, dust control methods. We think there's going to be improvements there. And also improvement in communication about the hazards to employees and all the uh, monitoring results communicating that to all the employees. So, so it sounds like things are improving. Well, another problem emerges. Wine country wildfires have claimed yet another victim. This one, a cleanup worker, truck driver Ezekiel Jackson Sumner. He was dumping his load for the day at the landfill, and his trailer on his truck backs over him and kills him. The workers at the landfill saw smoke rising from where the tire was spinning and call in law enforcement. They thought it was a fire, and it turned out to be, you know, this man dying. I reviewed all the OSHA documents and found that the kill switch on the trailer, which is supposed to prevent basically it from moving, had been tampered with, and it had also missed a safety inspection. Suki reviewed reports from the state's work safety agency, Kalosha. In the report, investigators interviewed Sumner's wife. She told the OSHA investigator that he had basically been driving like farm trucks and, and farm equipment for the last 30 years. He did not have the proper training. And he had only worked for the company for three days when he died. Did you talk to any officials about all these problems that were happening? Back in January, I met Colonel Eric McFadden. I am the commander here at the Recovery Field Office. I met him at their offices that they had set up in Ronart Park in Sonoma County. Safety is our primary concern, and we have the appropriate measures in place to ensure that safe actions occur as, as a safety investigation board. And that's critical at this point when anything like this happens so that we can learn from a, a grave mistakes such as this and, and make sure it doesn't happen again. I have been tracking this project since day one. We're driving up into the Fountain Grove area. We're passing by some lots that are cleaned and some that are kind of in process here. I had asked the Army Corps of Engineers to give me a ride along to kind of see how they do their processes, you know, how they ensure safety. 
I'm seeing these big, you know, trucks coming through, loading up with concrete. See, this site is almost done, uh, minus that large chunk of concrete that they're... And in some cases, there are homeowners there. These are people who have lost everything, and they're suddenly thrust into this decision-making process with the Army Corps and the right of entry forms and contractors, and they feel a lot of fear and sorrow. These Army Corps contractors kind of came in and were, in some cases, a, basically a careless. The saddest, I think, uh, reports of damage that I read was that they had come and scraped her lot without telling her, and her husband's ashes were uh. still there in the urn. Like, it's a government project. There's going to be problems, but especially with wildfire, it it really is this kind of emotional issue that comes along with these practical issues. So you look out at some of these neighborhoods and they just look like flattened lots. Yes, in some cases they're flat, but in some cases they're actually holes. So they're paying contractors by the ton for what they take. And so it creates this incentive to take as much tonnage as they can and overload their trucks, but also leaves behind these holes in the ground where they've taken too much dirt or taken cement that didn't need to be taken. That's just to see if I, right. <laughs> I might move a little bit closer to you, actually. Just so I can well, this guy, Stephen Crickle, that I talked to. I'm Stephen Crickle. How long did you guys live here? Uh, over 14 years. Where we're sitting right now, 10 feet that way, where the garage was, should be on this level, is now six feet down. He actually planted these California poppy seeds where his home used to be that he uh, very affectionately calls his pond. Oh, I see. I see the poppies. A cluster of golden poppies. For some reason, they're in clusters. They're not... Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> so he's making the best of the situation. Yeah. He's, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. But he's, he's said, yeah, he's been kind of pretty destroyed, you know, by, by this process. Worse than losing the house is losing everything. What does that mean? All our belongings, our history... The California um, Emergency Services Office actually has launched a new program now because so many people had over-excavated lots. And so what's the program? To hire some more contractors to come back in and refill the holes that were left behind and recompact the soil because you can't build on an uncompacted lot. So the cleanup's not over for a lot of people. Yeah. Suki, thank you so much for your reporting on this. Thank you, Devin. Crickle is one of about 300 properties that have qualified to have holes refilled. The cost for this program is estimated to be $3.5 million. To see Suki's full story, check out our episode notes or just go online to kqed.org. I'm Devin Kadiyama. You've been listening to The Bay.
Okay, so the Bay gives you local stories that we find really important if you care about or live in the Bay Area. The California Report magazine brings you stories from around the state. Sometimes they're about geography or culture or just a deeper look at something you read about in the news. Subscribe to the California Report magazine wherever you get your podcasts. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S. 